How have the hard experiences in your life shaped who you have become? I believe that nothing is neutral for us. We are constantly being shaped by our experiences. And while we absolutely cannot control some of the things that happen to us, I believe that we can take some power back in controlling who it is that we become. And what I want to share with you today is three ways that my experience of grief and loss has changed me. Some of these things have been intentional and some of these things have just been a part of the aftermath of going through really hard things that I now have to actively work to work against. So you are listening to the Bold as Love podcast. I'm your host, April Boyd. And I'm a social worker, psychotherapist, mentor, breathwork facilitator. I've had a lot of training and experiences over the years that, you know, add to my titles because this life of healing and growth and personal development is something I pledged allegiance to a really long time ago. And this is what we're talking about on this podcast, how we're changing and looking at how we show up in the world how we navigate hard conversations with people we love and the people who push our buttons and how we get into alignment with who it is that we want to be and what that looks like. So thank you so much for being a part of this with me. So as you maybe know, if you've been following me for a while, in 2014, I lost a baby girl and that experience has absolutely changed me in so many ways. It has changed my life in so many ways. And I remember at that time, I had already been working as a therapist and had had a private practice for a number of years when I went through the experience of my own tragedy. And I remember at that time feeling so grateful for the work that I had been living already and for the clients who had allowed me into the darkest, often most private and devastating corners of their life, because even though I've loved my, my formal education over the years, I realized it had really been in these conversations with the people sitting across from me where I had learned the most about what these tragic events, what these big events do to us, and how we navigate our way through that. And if I'm being really honest, I had seen enough and learned enough to be quite afraid during that time of my life. I had seen really brilliant, really capable, wonderful humans who had become utter shells of their previous self, right? Where their connection to their lost loved one was so wrapped up in their suffering and pain that they couldn't let that go because it would feel like they were letting go of their loved one. And so their life had kind of become this, this shrine of suffering as tribute to their love. And, and I also knew I knew that that was not the direction I wanted to go. And I also knew that I was absolutely at risk of not coming out of this very well because I had seen so many smart, intelligent, capable people be crushed 
by their experiences. So I knew that I needed to fight during that time. I knew that I really needed to pick which way this was going to shape me. Was this going to be an experience where I would be changed in that the drawbridge over the moat would get pulled back up, I would close the shades, shut the doors, and shut down my heart from the rest of the world? Or would I be able to find ways to allow myself to open further, feel more joy, feel deeper love, feel much braver, and let it change me for the better? And that's what I decided that I wanted for myself, even though at that time I didn't know how I was going to do that. The how was like, you know, way beyond what I was capable of thinking about in those early times. But I knew that that's the direction that I needed to go. And as I think back, you know, now when I look at the ways that my loss has changed me, and I'm going to share these ways with you, not because I'm prescribing, you know, these are the steps that I think will work for you, because obviously that's different for everybody, but it's just offerings for you to consider what resonates with you, what doesn't, as you weave together your own path of healing and rebuilding. So one of the ways that loss has definitely changed me is I'm simultaneously braver (laughs) and yet more afraid of everything. In some ways, I have so much more confidence and courage to take risks, to go on adventures, to make brave decisions, because it's like I'm very aware these days that You know, there's problems that matter and problems that don't. And we only live once. We only live once. So it's, you know, knowing, you know, that reality has empowered me to get into better alignment with the life I want to live, take the chances I want to take, plant a flag in the ground. Here's what I want to experience. Here's what I want to be about. Here's what I want to do. And at the same time, the irony is it's also made me more afraid because as a bereaved parent, and maybe this applies to whatever hard thing that you've had to navigate as well, some of these ways that we try to reassure ourselves or calm ourselves down, or maybe other people try to reassure us, just don't work. For instance, when people say things like, don't worry, it'll be fine, don't worry, everything will be okay, as a bereaved parent, I know at a very deep level, that is absolutely not true. Maybe things will be okay, but it's also very possible that they won't because we've lived through experiences where things have not turned out okay. And that is the shadow side of life that we can't pretend to not know about, right? It's like we've seen behind the curtain. I always get that picture in my head of that scene of that iconic movie, The Wizard of Oz, where they're pulling back the curtain on the wizard. We know that we're vulnerable. We know that bad things can happen. We know we're not immune to the risks of statistics, right? That we think should just apply to everybody else and not us. So in this way, 
this has been something that I've had to really work at for my own self is recognizing that through my experience of tragic loss, my nervous system carries a feeling of unsafe, of mistrust with me in the world. And that's probably one of the reasons why you see me doing so much work on what it means to become a relaxed woman, the necessity of addressing what our nervous system is carrying. This is one of the reasons why I love breath work so much. It becomes a tool to process in a really gentle way the trauma and memories and experiences that we carry in our bodies so that instead of living in this place of chronic fight or flight, we're able to start to feel safe in the world again. And I believe this is the work of a lifetime. So another way that my loss has changed me is I've become much more conscious and aware of my mortality and therefore how I'm moving through the world. One of the ways that looks like is this. I often, when I'm in my good place and I remember, right? Because we all know we kind of fall off of these habits sometimes. This is, you know, just the human experience of it. But when I'm in that place, when I'm on point, right? I'll ask myself, what decision would I be making here if I knew that my daughter was somehow watching me from above? What would I love for her to see me doing? And this ties into the being braver piece, right? And this becomes, you know, one of the ways that I carry her with me is, you know, my plan when I was pregnant with her was that I would be, you know, parenting and teaching this little girl named Nora how to become a woman. And instead, we actually now have the reversed relationship where she has been teaching me to be a stronger, wiser woman than I ever wanted to be. And so one of the ways that that functions is I'm just a lot more conscious of my actions. If you listen to my previous podcast on you know lessons learned from the past year, One of the things that I touched on is, you know, carrying this awareness of my own mortality. We have such a culture that is so death phobic, right? We hate talking about the idea of that our lives are going to be complete at some point in time, right? These are the things we're not supposed to talk about really, or we make people uncomfortable or we get strange looks. And yet I've actually found the opposite to be true in my relationship with my own self. Thinking about my own mortality makes me much more clear, much more present in my relationships, much more intentional in the conversations I want to have. I often ask myself, would I regret not doing this? If I came to the end of my life, what would I regret not doing And that's allowed me to just be more mindful and aware as I leave my life, live my life. (laughs) The last thing I want to offer is I believe that my loss has made me much more loving and I put up with less. 
I am much more aware of human suffering at a very deep core level. I get that and I understand that. And I'm aware that we are moving through the world with people who are in various experiences of having their heart shattered. So when I'm in line at the grocery store or moving through the world in different locations and places, I'm really aware that you know, we could be standing next to somebody who's having the worst day of their life. Because that was me at one point in time. I remember standing in the line at the grocery store and listening to people talk, complaining about, you know, their kids and how annoying their children were being. And I remember just knowing that they were so unaware right, of who their audience was. And this is the world we live in. We are constantly beside people who might be going through something really devastating and unthinkable. And this keeps me both more loving and compassionate and also calmer. If I'm in a situation where somebody in line, uh, for instance, at the airport the one day, the person has been at the counter for a wildly long amount of time, right? Talking to the check-in person there. And the whole line is getting visibly more and more frustrated with this person who appears to be holding everything up. And my traveling companions were getting super annoyed by this now, right? It had gone on for a while. And I remember just saying to them, you know, for all we know, that man's on his way to his mother's funeral, because that's just the truth of it. And the goal is not that I'm able to read people's minds better or better guess what's happening to them. The goal becomes how I want to feel and the impact that I want to have on the world. Do I want to add more aggression, more hurt, more frustration, both into their world and mine? I don't. So in so many ways, I'm a much more loving person. I also put up with less. There, one of the very shocking things about my experience of loss was there were people I would have swore would be there for me, right? People I would have said, absolutely, this person, mm, of course I can rely on them. They have my back no matter what. And they didn't. Our experiences can trigger people in weird and confusing ways. And one of the things I came to realize as I looked back at that experience and time in my life was that I had actually had a lot of imbalanced relationships. I had a lot of friendships. I shouldn't say a lot of friendships. I had a number of friendships where I had been the one really giving to them. Even though they were a really likable person, even though I enjoyed their company, right? All of those things were good and fine. But there was also this other element in this relationship that I was there for them. They were not there for me. And so my standards have changed since loss. You'll often hear me say, I believe in win-win relationships. I believe in reciprocity. 
I believe in loyalty and trust. And, you know, that experience of loss for me caused me to have to look at some of my relationships as well as my own patterns of over-functioning. Previously, it had been fine. I had not even noticed all the ways that I was overgiving and overfunctioning in my life. And I didn't notice because I previously had had the energy to make it work. And when I went through my experience of grief, I no longer had the energy to give. I no longer had the capacity or even desire to take care of anybody else during that time. I was in a fight for my own survival. And some of those relationships couldn't wait for me. So this has changed the standards of how I live and how I connect. There's places where I do intentional volunteer work where I give intentionally of myself for free and without expectation. You'll see that in my work, a lot of the work I do for free. This podcast is for free as an example. My mini retreat for grieving parents this Sunday is for free. There's many places in my life where I choose to give from the heart and not expect anything back. But my friendships my partnerships, my relationships of the people who share my home, share my life, share the most intimate corners of my existence. Mm -mm. We need reciprocity here because life is too short and it's hard enough as it is (laughs) without having to try to convince the people in your life to do better. So I would love to know which one of these hit home for you or what you notice about how your experiences have shaped who you are. And this is the dance, right? There's some of these things that are intentional and some of these things that just become the way that our hearts and our nervous systems get bruised in the process that we then have to really work to take care of. So we don't become one of those people just inflicting more violence and aggression and hurt out into the world. It's this idea I talk about actually in the Bold of Love pod, uh, Boldest Love Collective quite a lot, which is we know the quote is true that hurt people hurt people. And it's also true that healed people heal people. So if you are a grieving parent who have lost a baby, a pregnancy, or a child, or you know someone who has, I'm going to be sharing a link in the show notes here to our virtual mini retreat that's happening this Sunday, November, uh, November, January 29th. That's at 12 p.m. Eastern time, and it's a free offering where we're going to be together for an hour and a half. We're going to be discussing and sharing some ways to keep your little one close and protect their memory and their space in your life without using your pain as a bridge to do that so that we can both stay connected to the little one that we lost and allow ourselves to still be present and enjoy the people who are here with us now. 
So I thank you so much for listening. I thank you for being a part of this and I will see you next time. Take care.